I always just want to make sure that people are aware of what they are capable of. So just be aware of what factors have developed your views of yourself, of others, of life, and how that's influencing your choices and how that then is impacting the certain experiences in your life and results that you're having. Because when you're aware of what is harmful to your self-identity, your your self-esteem, then you can look at those messages and be like, I no longer believe in you. I will no longer accept that this is true. This is, I don't have to agree with this. Because when you can face that and find finally say that that's not going to be your reality, then you can finally make sure that you do know your worth and you're making choices that will reflect that. Welcome to the podcast. My name is Jared and I'm one of the co-hosts for Star of the Doubts. And of course, my other co-host is Miss Christine. Christine, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm behaving. And uh, <laughs> of course, it's not about either of us. It is about Holloway Yates. She is our special guest today. She's the CEO and founder of Love Mark. She's a transformation speaker and author, uh, has over 20 years of experience participating in and providing various programs, workshops, and multifaceted performances on building self-esteem, addressing social issues, and tackling other life challenges to cultivate a more compassionate approach to the way we treat ourselves and others. And so I'm learning to treat you better, Miss Christine. So I thought there's no better way to do that than to bring Halama on and to convict me it. and uh yeah so uh Halima, thank you for being a part of this we appreciate it well thank you for having me it's so nice to meet you both yeah and you you actually just uh, came out with a new book so we're going to talk about that and a uh, lot lots of fun stuff going on but we always like to start off a little bit icebreaker and um one of the questions that's one of my favorites is what's the best concert that you've been to so Halima, concert comedy show performance anything what, what, what stands out to you you know, that's what's really funny is I don't really go to concerts. <laughs> so I'm Fair actually going to have to share something from way back in the day when I went to a Boys to Men concert. Ah, uh, good choice. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> she had a ticket and she invited me. So I was like, yeah, let's go. So yeah, it's going to be a Boys to Men concert. <laughs> well, well, Christine's from West Philly. So I think she's got yes, some love yes, for Boys to Men. Yes, right? Philly back again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if we're not careful, Christine will sing. So, but, but yeah. <laughs> We're, we're, I'm trying to be more compassionate. So, okay. All right. So uh, we, we will uh, now dive into some uh, finish this sentence style questions. So Christine, why don't you kick us off there? Okay. Halima, if you ever visit Denver blank. Oh man, there's just so many great things to see in Denver. Um, visit the mountains. What are mountains? Go to the mountains. I agree. Mm-hmm. I Not the dispensary, the mountain. <laughs> Yeah, I guess we we did uh, start that early off. I was afraid. I I was afraid that someone on on the our hosting squad might go there, and I knew it wouldn't. No, that were me. (laughs) All right. So uh, continuing with the finish of the sentence, my favorite thing about Maui is. Oh gosh, the beautiful scenery, the environment. It's just as beautiful in the weather. I loved it. I love Maui. It is beautiful. Uh, Christine, Mm -hmm. have you ever been to Maui? I've not been to Maui, no. Okay, well, that hopefully changes over time. Yeah, that's on the bucket list, right? (laughs) We literally just got back from Maui right before the shutdown from the pandemic. We got back a week before they shut down. Mm. Well, that is a good place to have visited right before being (laughs) locked down for all these months. (laughs) (laughs) It was. Like, I remember back when. (laughs) (laughs) Remember how nice Maui was? Yeah, that was, uh, we should go back there. Okay, let's continue on. Another fill in the blank. The key to buying a new house with your partner is blank. Making sure you both can afford it. Mm, yeah. <laughs> that's 
It sounds like you've got a little experience there, Halima. Is there a story there? Um, we are actually on the process of finishing off paying off our debt so we can finally buy a house next year. Congratulations. Ooh. So you and your you and your significant other will be looking for a new house. Is that, is that yes. what I'm hearing? Yes. We are trying to decide which if we want to stay in Colorado or if we want to move somewhere closer to the water, what we want to do. But yeah, we're we're paying things off and we're saving up for being able to get a house next year. Good for you. And there's plenty of water in Florida last time I checked, right? Yeah, we still still have water. (laughs) That's actually where we're looking. My parents live in Ormond Beach. And so we're kind of looking. Oh, my God. That's like right here. That's like, yeah, Christine is is Daytona represent. To the the barbecue. (laughs) (laughs) You never invite me to the barbecue, Christine. I'm a little, little hurt. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Finish this sentence. This is the last one. When writing a book for over 20 years, it is important to blank. Know what you want to say. That's going to be effective. That's going to be effective. Very good answer. Yeah. All right, right. Christine. I'm seeing that you crowdfunded your book. What was that like? What was that experience like? You know, would you learn from it and would you do anything differently if you had to do it again? Well, it was a good experience because I wanted to have multiple people involved. I didn't want to just write a book and be like, here it is and just send it out there. I wanted to actually have it be something that people felt a part of. So I love that aspect of it. And I was happy to be able to raise the money. That was great. Because at first I was like, oh my gosh, what am I thinking? (laughs) Am I really going to raise this? But um, so that was great that I was able to raise the money and have it fully funded. What I would do differently is start planning for it earlier because I pretty much just like, I kind of knew I wanted to do it, but I didn't like put a lot of planning into it beforehand. I kind of knew how I was going to do it, what I was going to do, but I think I would have probably made, maybe have waited a month or so before really getting it going, but it still worked out just great. So, but yeah, I, I would think just um maybe planning a little bit more heavily for it, but it, it was still a success. So it was good. Now, could you tell us about dissolving the anchor and what it inspired that title? Yes. So Dissolving the Anchor is a part memoir, part self-help guide. And I use narratives, poetry, and art that I commissioned from artists worldwide in order to share the experiences that I've had that caused me to have a low self-esteem, a negative self-image, just experiences that led me to go to substance use and have suicidal ideation. And then I detail how I got out of that struggle to finally shift my mindset, value myself, and make choices that are intentional to make sure that I realize that I'm capable of creating the kind of life that I want. And I wanted to write this book to be a way for people to, yes, I'm sharing my story, but also providing advice for people to be aware of what they have within them to be able to manage and overcome adversities and then just be able to emotionally heal and know that they're capable as well as creating the kind of life that they prefer to live. And the the reason why I call it Dissolving the Anchor is because I see anchor as a way of holding yourself back. And so to dissolve what's holding you back is to understand what developed your beliefs that are holding you back to begin with. What have you experienced? What have you learned? And how have these lessons and experiences brought you into believing that you're not enough or that you don't matter or you're not capable of anything or whatever it is where you're tearing yourself down to hold yourself back from being happy and, and living a life that you can enjoy. So anything that's holding you back from that being able to know what is holding you back, what developed it to begin with and be able to face it and unaccept devaluing views as truth and be able to emotionally heal from experiences 
that's how you can dissolve your anchor and be able to move forward in life. Mm. You mentioned talking about sharing your story and, and we love stories here on this show. So <laughs> I want to um, go there for a moment. You've traveled the world. You've worked with clients all over the world. What's a funny story from your journey in coaching? You know, I can't really think of a funny story right now from traveling. I, I can think of one that's funny from living here in Colorado, but from traveling, I can think of a story that's really impactful that really helped me to shift my life into a, a more beneficial direction. Would it be okay if I share that? Yes, please. Okay. So when I was in Vietnam, there were other Vietnam vets who went with us on this trip as well. And it was their first time going back to Vietnam after the war. And so that was quite the experience for them to, one of them actually mentioned, he was like, it's, it's interesting to come off the plane and be presented with flowers instead of bullets. Oh, wow. And yeah, that was, that was something to hear. Like right when we got there, that, that was like the first thing. But there was one of the gentlemen who was on this trip with us who met, like he changed my life in so many ways. There's a lot of gentlemen that were there that I felt I learned a lot from, but one of them, every time you asked him how he was doing, he said, I'm doing great. Today's the best day of my life. And so I had, I went to him and I was like, you know what? I love that. Like every time someone asks you how you are, you say you're doing great. Today's the best day of your life. And he said, yeah, it's better than the alternative. Mm. And I loved it because for so long, I didn't want to live. You know, I had suicidal ideation. I attempted suicide. I didn't know how to enjoy life. I didn't know how to handle life challenges or, or deal with a lot of things I was dealing with. And to hear someone talk about how much he enjoyed life and how it's the best day, it had me want to realize what I can do to make sure that I can have best days, to make me be happy when I get up every day. And what can I do with my life? So it just, it meant a lot to me to hear that. And I love sharing that with other people that I meet because it just, it meant so much to me. And if it can help anyone else to realize that it is great to wake up and have it like what can you do to have it be your best day reason to my next question that the news in the social media can have a very angry spirit and be very negative how do you shield yourself from that that negativity it seems to be like really unavoidable in the culture nowadays yeah we're bombarded with it everywhere whether it's social media the news i mean it, it's just constant so for me personally, I actually don't get on social media that often. If I do get on social media, I try to visit the pages that I know are going to be uplifting or, or funny or, or just I'm checking in on friends. But if I am seeing things that, that are sad or they bring me down and, and it could be something that can trigger me in a way where it upsets me, I just, that's when I go through my self-care routines. I need to know what works for me to make me happy. So I just, We'll just participate in, in stuff like that, whether it's talking to people that I care about and, and having, you know, building relationships that are positive, or I'm going to like watch a funny movie or go for a walk or just whatever makes me happy. That's what I start doing whenever I, when I see something on social media that, you know, upsets me or whatever, because there's so much that's on there. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Um, but yeah. If you can limit your time on it, I kind of recommend it or just spend time visiting the pages that, you know, are going to be uplifting. Oh, uh, I totally agree. You mentioned self-reflection and, and talk about purpose in your book. And, and I want to go there for a little bit. Finding what you love to do. How did you find your purpose and how can others find theirs? It actually started when, I mean, it's interesting. I was living my purpose before I realized that that's what it was. <laughs> um, when I graduated high school, I continued to write poetry and then I started to share it. 
And then I um, was starting to get invited to like speak at places and it, it kind of dealt with like diversity appreciation. And I was also in plays for like that focused on life challenges. And so I always loved to be a part of things that had a message in order to uplift us and realize what we have within us to, to love ourselves and, and to be able to move forward in life from any, any challenges we faced. And it was when I was in college when I really started to realize that this is what I want to do and this is what I can do. I just, when I went back to college, because I went once <laughs> and then went back to my self-sabotaging ways and I went back to college in Alaska and huh. that's, yeah, Alaska is really awesome. If, if you haven't been, I recommend checking it out. <laughs> but yeah, being in Alaska, away from everyone I knew and except for one person and being able to realize who I really was being in a new environment like that for a certain amount of time I was a part of a lot of leadership roles and it had me realize that I loved being a part of things where you're collaborating with other people to whether it's using the arts or just using certain methods to have people be aware of what has developed their perceptions that are influencing their choices and how it's having certain results and how you're going to have certain results and experiences because of that. So I loved being part of anything that can shift your mindset into a more beneficial direction. And that's how, like, after I graduated and started working at a university, I started getting more involved into things that that kept on putting me in a place where I could be of any use to help uplift people. Now, you mentioned plays. What are some plays that resonate with you? Well, I love the arts. So, I mean, any type of play, like, I absolutely love. But the kind of plays that I was in, it was, it was definitely, like, educational type of plays. Like, I was in plays for domestic violence. and dealing with like health insurance, like how it was affecting the elderly and how they weren't getting a lot of coverage and just stuff dealing with substance use. So it, it was, it was always had, it always had a message. And I, that's the kind of plays that I love. Any, anything that has a message that's positive. I just love it. Yeah, that makes sense. Jared, I'm sorry. I think I cut you off. <laughs> uh, no, you're absolutely good. Continue. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, no, no domestic violence here. You're good. No. Nope. Oh, Lord Jesus. Oh, my gosh. Oh, that's good. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Could you share a story uh, where you had to be resilient and any lessons uh, you learned from that particular experience or situation? Yeah, I would say the the first experience for I, oh, gosh, there's so many, actually. But for whatever reason, since we were just talking about domestic violence, that's what I'm going to talk about. <laughs> I actually didn't know I was in a relationship that was considered a domestic violence relationship because I always thought that it meant physical abuse. I always thought that it meant like you, they actually put their hands on you and there's bruises to see that it was that mm-hmm. you've been in this type of a situation. Right. But I didn't, that's, yeah. And I, I learned that that's not true, that it's actually, I mean, it's part of it, of course, but you can actually experience verbal and emotional abuse as well. And I, I was in a relationship like that and um, it did, for the most part, there was some pushing that, that happened to me. And he did raise his hand. And at that point, I was just like, you know what? This is only going to get worse. And I'm over here like I was just in a play about this. Like, how did I, it was interesting. Like, I, I was in a play about this. I was learning about it. And then I'm, I'm in a relationship like this. And it was interesting, like being in it, you didn't realize you're in it. <laughs> and so, yeah, I, um, I thought that I really cared about him and thought that, you know, I could make it work. And I had a friend talk to me about it. And they're just like, you when you're ready to go, you got to just go and you can't allow him to manipulate you to try and stay in this situation and, and uh, stay in there because that's what the guy would do to me. He would make me feel bad every single time. And I finally had to 
not allow myself to be hurt from him, like trying to even cry to get me to stay. And there was just a lot that I had to be able to allow myself to not let him back in and not be able to come to the house or just be in my life in any way. I had to really do a lot to just step away from that. And um, I feel like that was where I was resilient, where I was able to finally step away from that situation and realize that I deserve better. Yeah. And that, that has become a part of your story. It's made you more empathetic and just help you to relate to people more. So it's unfortunate you had to go through that, but I'm glad uh, that you can now share that. What point did you actually transition from being dependent on others to becoming or really feeling like you were self-dependent? You know, I wish I could tell you that it happened early on in my life, but it it honestly was more closer to recently than it was earlier because I was still, even though I knew that I wanted to be a part of anything to help uplift others and be a part of that, I still wasn't using it as a career. I was still having that be like something I would do on the side and something I would do for free. And it wasn't until I started Love Mark where I realized that, you know, this is what I definitely want to do for the rest of my life. And I have to start actually charging for my services. <laughs> and yeah, because yeah, I was I was like living with people and I was just like, you know, I, this meant so much to me that I didn't realize what I could do to make sure that I could actually profit off of this and still do this in an ethical way. So yeah, it, it took some time to figure that out. But yeah, um, I feel like really just recently I realized how to make sure that I'm strategic with every step that I take and it's everything's intentional to make sure it's going to get me towards the goal or goals that I have. So yeah, it was pretty recent. Wow. Okay, now let us know when you are struggling, how do you focus on gratitude? Yeah, it just, it depends. So if I'm struggling on something, I can't, just jump to gratitude depending on the situation. So depending on what I'm struggling on, I need to actually address it and realize, well, what is the issue here and what can I do to resolve it? Because after I can resolve it, then I'm able to move forward. If I was to just straight go to, well, I'm grateful for this, I'm grateful for that, it'll be temporary for me. I definitely have so much I'm grateful for but if there is something bothering me, I have to, I'm, I definitely am the kind of person where I just, I have to solve it. And if it's something that's out of my control and I can't solve it, then I work on, on ways to just release it from realizing I can't control it. And I realize what I can control and that's my reaction and, and the choices that I make. So that's when I'll go to, well, let me go ahead and go with what I'm grateful for and, and what can I do moving forward to feel better. You mentioned intentional. And so I want to just go back to that for a moment. What, what are some choices that you've made? this week that were intentional? And what is the difference between intentional versus just being selfish? (laughs) Um, Well, I guess selfish would be where I'm just making choices that are just going to serve me. But sometimes you do need to be selfish. Like sometimes you have to make sure you choose yourself first and you're taking care of yourself. Because if you're constantly making sure that you're doing everything for everyone else, then you're emptying yourself. And what are you doing to make sure that you're doing okay physically, mentally, your spirit, your soul, like you definitely have to make sure you're taking care of yourself too. But when it comes to making intentional steps, depending on what your goal is, like for me, like you said, for the week, I have some workshops, a series of workshops that I'm doing for a corporation. And then plus I I still have other things that I'm doing. So it's just, for me, I have to write in my calendar what I need to take care of first to make sure that I can get things done on time well, I can also still make sure I have some of my me time because <laughs> I, I used to just like have my calendar filled with things to do and I would just be burning out. And I is like, okay, you got to grind because if you grind, then you're going to be successful. 
And it, to me, it's like now at this point, what do you need to do and what can you do that's humanly possible within the time frame? And as you're, you ask about the week, so what can you do within the week and with a certain amount of time that you have to still make sure that you have time to relax and rest and you know get things done when you need to get it done. So you have to put things in a calendar to make sure I get done what, what needs to happen. We, we talked about struggling. What is the balance between being compassionate towards someone that's struggling versus just being, you know, enabling them? Yeah, it, it is a very good question because you do want to do what you can to help others. Like if you care about someone and they're going through something, you, you of course, you want to be there for them, but you do need to know the, have a balance to make sure that you aren't enabling them. So I love that you asked that question. So it depends on what's going on. Like for instance, in my situation, I was constantly going from job to job to job. And I knew I'd have people who would let me live with them. So I, I didn't have any goals because I was like, I had a safety net. And so that was a way of being enabled because I knew that I always had somewhere to go. People would always let me stay with them. So it would be good if sooner on someone would have spoke with me and said, hey, what are your goals so you can be able to be independent? Like if they had a conversation with me to have me be aware of like the choices that I was making and how it wasn't getting me any further in life to have any stability. So that could be a way that you can be there for someone is having them realize, but you have to do this in such a way where you're not putting them down and making them feel like (laughs) they're not like living the life that they should. They need to live a life that's good for them. But like, if you notice someone's like carrying out a behavior that is being destructive or it's not getting them in the direction, you know, that they want to go in then have that conversation with them and and share like some methods or tools or some advice that you know that can help them be aware of what they can do to be able to move forward. So that could be a way of being there for someone. I mean, it's great. Give someone a roof over the head or don't, you know, donate money, whatever it is that someone needs help with, someone to talk to, support. But what can you do also to help them to not keep on being in that situation? Do you think you would have actually received that feedback? I know, I know it's sometimes when you're in the middle of stuff, that may not be easy to hear for some. Yeah, it, it, it definitely, sometimes it can be hard to hear. And then sometimes you can hear it, but it doesn't stick. So like when I was in, when I was visiting Florida, I was visiting, visiting a family friend. And this was another, another thing that was said to me that really was like, oh, that's, that helped, that's helpful. <laughs> and mm-hmm. um, I was having a, a down moment and I wasn't really doing anything and I wasn't going anywhere. And he told me, he was just like, you know what? Every day you wake up, you've been given another chance to make your life better. And I wasn't offended by that because I needed to hear it. So I guess it just depends on what you're ready to hear too. But it had me realize, you know, and this was before I went to Vietnam and I I had that vet say that statement before. But yeah, I was just like, well, okay, when I wake up, you know, yeah, that is a gift. And what am I going to do with it? I wasn't yet still at that place where I was excited to wake up every day, but I was, you know, it's like, okay, when I wake up, what am I going to do with it? That's going to get me to where I want to go. So hearing mm-hmm. that, it, it woke me up a little bit, but it, and it helped out a lot, but I still had so much to learn and so much to do to still grow. Mm-hmm. So I think it's like that constant putting yourself around people or hearing things or being in situations where you can constantly see that it is possible for you to change your life and believe it. Because I was constantly around people who were successful. I was constantly around people who were making their life the way they wanted it to. But for some reason, I wasn't realizing I could have it. So it would have been helpful. I mean, I, I unfortunately just like just had to realize that, you know, I mean, 
And somewhere down the road, I, I had to realize that, wow, each step that I'm taking is going to create certain results and experiences. And so I need to be aware of what I'm doing because I've had people along the along my journey tell me things that were definitely helpful and uplifting and can definitely change your mindset. But for some reason, it didn't stick with me until more things kept happening. <laughs> but yeah, so it depends on if the person's ready to hear it. And no matter what, you're still planting a seed. So at least yeah. say it because it'll they'll still remember it. Yeah. Whether they're receptive or not is on them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. We'll take a moment. We want to celebrate you and your power. So please take a moment to brag, brag on some of your recent wins or achievements. I, I would just say that now that I finally know what I want to do, um, Lovemark has been more successful. I've been working with more nonprofit organizations and, and corporations and Finally finishing this book, knowing how I wanted to write it and how I wanted to create it to have it be beneficial to the reader. Those are the wins that I have right now. Um, finally living, like we don't have our own house, but we, my husband and I, we have our own apartment <laughs> we're renting, but that's still a win too, because we're living on our own and we're saving up to buy a place. So those are some wins right now. Yeah, absolutely. And now that you have more clarity, you kind of know what you'll allow and what you won't allow. So I, I, I'm curious, what type of people are you not allowing into your circle? I don't allow people in my life who don't value me and who like, if they don't respect me, if they don't like appreciate me, because if you're in my life, I care about you. I mean, okay, I care about everyone, but if we have a relationship, I want the best for you. And I want to treat you with respect and I value our friendship. I value our relationship. And if you don't feel the same. And if you treat me in a way that you're tearing me down or you're, you're, you can be dismissive, or if there's certain things you're doing that's disrespectful, I will no longer accept those in my life anymore. And for so long I did because I didn't want to be alone, but I finally realized that I have enough love for myself and I have, I do have good people around me who I know care about me and value me. And I don't need to have other people in my life who don't respect me and, and don't want to treat me with respect. I, I won't accept that anymore. Absolutely. Now, please tell us the story of how you were able to not fake it till you make it, but actually be it. Yeah, I just, you know, I have a hard time with the whole faking it till you make it thing. Like, I, I don't really know how to do that. <laughs> yeah, I, for me, I, I just, I really don't understand how to do that. I actually need to to be it. I actually need to believe it. And I need to be able to be whoever it is that I am at that time or at, at that stage in my life. I mean, I can't pretend I'm rich. I can't pretend I'm famous. I, you know, like all of that stuff, I, that just doesn't work for me. So <laughs> I don't even know what to say about that. Yeah. So for me, it's just, you know, knowing who you are and what you're capable of and continue to make choices where it allows you to be who you know you are. And if you, feel like you're like if you have any self-doubts and you don't feel like you're really as amazing as you truly are then just keep on doing what you can on achieving what you want to achieve in life and knowing that it's within you and as you continue to do it you'll start to believe it and you'll become it Mm. i appreciate you sharing that how so as we start to wrap up here we got a couple questions uh, to close out who is doing something that intrigues or interests you I don't have a specific person. I would just say the people that I notice that are working really hard to do what they want to do in life, you know, whether you're uh, an Olympian or whether you're an entrepreneur or, 
you know, just an everyday person, but you're just out there living your life the best way that you can and doing what you can to be authentic, to be an authentic person who is making the best choices in your life and you're uplifting other people too while you do that. People like that, I just appreciate so much and I, I admire and respect and I just look up to, to them so much. Where can our listeners pick up your book? How can they stay connected with you and your current projects online? You just go to hiyates.com. So it's my initials and my last name. So hiyates.com. And um, you can see what social media platforms I'm on. You can email me if you want to be a part of, if you want to participate in any of my workshops or if you want to work together or order a book. Yeah, just contact me on hi, go to hiyates.com and connect with me there. Uh, Halimo, we really appreciate you and and uh, excited about your book, Dissolving the Anchor. Uh, do you have any final thoughts for the listeners? You know, my final thought, I, I always just want to make sure that people are aware of what they are capable of. And so just be aware of what factors have developed your views of yourself, of others, of life, and how that's influencing your choices and how that then is impacting the certain experiences in your life and results that you're having. Because when you're aware of what is harmful to your self-identity, your your self-esteem, then you can look at those messages and be like, I no longer believe in you. I will no longer accept that this is true. This is, I don't have to agree with this. And this is not my reality. Because when you can face that and finally say that that's not going to be your reality, then you can finally make sure that you do know your worth and you're making choices that will reflect that. Well, Halma, we appreciate your worth. We appreciate uh, all that you have uh, shared with us today and uh, absolutely wish you the best. Look forward to following up with you and finding out all the good things about your upcoming move to Florida. Hint, hint. So. <laughs> it might be Florida. My husband it might be Florida. Is, yeah, yeah, he's shooting for Florida so much. He wants Florida. So it might be. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we'll I'm at the cookout. Yes. We'll, we'll see what happens. And maybe yeah. I get invited to that barbecue. <laughs> Christine. Uh, thank you again, Holloma. We we are excited for you and looking forward to seeing what happens. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good day. Mm-hmm.